Welcome back, everybody, to the Wild Commonwealth Podcast. So happy that you have joined me for part two of Pandemic Birds, which is all about keeping chickens. Uh, buckle up, guys. Today is my long-awaited episode with Ms. Sharon Sales, who is a wonderful human and just an absolute delight. She does a really great job of illustrating for us the reason that you should um, find joy in whatever you're doing. Um, in this case, keeping chickens. So here we go. My name is Sharon. A lot of the young kids, uh, young people call me Dream Granny. Or they'll call me Miss Sharon. Or they'll call me Granny. Just, you know, sometimes I think we get too formal with names. And the things that make kids most comfortable are the things that they find in us as persons. Because just like when we were kids, there were people in our lives that reminded us of other people or other characters. And if we didn't talk about it to that person, we were talking about it amongst ourselves. So I just, I just kind of go with that. <laughs> um, how might people in the community know you? You do a lot of things. <laughs> Well, they, um, a lot of people know me as Sharon the singer mm-hmm. or Sharon the actress or the chicken lady <laughs> or just dream granny because I, I just do a lot of things. I don't know why, but I just do. You know, I just I don't have any set preference on things. I'm like, I'm, I'm willing to try anything really in good Is- taste. No. Yeah. Um, what, when did you, is that how you got into chickens? How did you arrive at keeping chickens in your life? You know what? When I was a little girl, we had chickens on the farm, but I didn't know that those chickens made that type of an impact in my life because as I got older, you know, I was working, I was too busy to, to really do any of the other things I really like to do. But then once I retired, the chickens woke back up in my life. And I flew with chickens again. <laughs> Where did you live when you were little? You said you were on a farm. Where was that? Well, we had a farm. My, my mom's parents had a farm in Huntsville, Alabama. That's where I was born. And after we moved to Kentucky, a lot of kids don't get this experience, but every summer, when school was out, the next day, we were on our way to Huntsville, Alabama, to the farm, my sisters and myself. And that's how we would spend our summer on a farm with my grandparents, my aunts, and my uncles. And <laughs> that was one of the best times of my life. And I know that's what helped mold me to be the person I am today. So that's how that came about. Yep. So how, so you went through life and in retirement, how did they find you again? I don't know. I (laughs) I tried to think about that last night. I said, how did I even evolve back into that again? I went, I went to Owensboro and I know what I did. I went into a moonlight barbecue and they had this sign up about buying baby chicks 
And I said, oh, I want some chickens. And my girlfriend was like, you not putting chickens in my van. And I'm like, okay. But I just kept on and I, I pouted. Oh, I had a fit. So we decided we'd go look anyway. We went just to look to find out that this woman had chickens running everywhere. She had so much yard and so many different coops set up and big lakes and stuff. I was like, that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> and I got chickens from her, baby chicks. And How I many did you get? I, I think I got about five. <laughs> and I brought them home and I girl I kept them in the house <laughs> that's I what did. we did we had a, I had them in an upstairs closet uh in my room because I had to protect them from my cat oh <laughs> so cat. I just I just had the heat lamp up there and, and took care of them until I was like I couldn't sleep because they were just all hours Chirping. decided it was time to to chat well, I had mine in the kitchen because, see, I was living alone and all I, I had two dogs, two small dogs, a Pomeranian. You know, I had three. I had two Pomeranians and a Japanese chin, two, three little small dogs. But I was determined that these dogs were going to know these chickens and not bring them any harm. So I would sit in the floor and play with these chickens and the dogs and I don't know. They all became friends except <laughs> one chicken I had. Her name was Miss Dot. She was a, a, a Rhode Island Red. Yeah. And uh, my Japanese chin, they would kind of like go at it, but he didn't do anything to really hurt her, but she would have him going. And even to the point to where I knew at some point I would have to put him outside. And I, I had no idea how to build a coop. <laughs> I didn't. I had a big dog fence, one of those big kennels, gray big kennels that they put big dogs in because I had a mm -hmm. lab mixed with a bloodhound. But I had to let him get adopted because it got where I couldn't walk him like he needed. And I didn't feel like that was being fair to him. But I kept the cage. And I went going down through the alley. Now, this was my urban chicken farm. That's how it got its name, Dream Granny's Urban Chicken Farm. And I would collect um, two by fours, whatever kind of wood I could find. And mm -hmm. I in my car and I'd drive it back. And I made a roof on top of the wire, the chicken, the, the, cook, the uh, pen. And I found some old uh, cabinets. <laughs> yeah. I put them in there. Girl, I'm serious. And I, I even hit the nerve to paint that. But when I got through, it was really nice. And I felt good about it because I did it with my hands and mm -hmm. I had to figure out how to make that happen and how that worked. And I just used what I had to make it happen. And I was able to, I put, you know, some uh, smaller chicken wire around the bottom. So the chickens, the little chickens couldn't squeeze through and it worked. <laughs> and every morning I'd get up every morning, I'd go out, I let them out and I would, you know, do the little, you know, <laughs> I do, I do the same thing. and I would get them so used to me till they would follow me. And it, it was like, I would hit the stick two or three times and they go, everybody would line up in the cage and they had one, it was one that they would follow. Her name was, um, she was a, one of those white hens 
and her the name, leg horns. Yes, yes. And she, her name was Martha, and they would follow her in the coop. You know, and I thought, well, is there going to be a roost in this bunch? Because I couldn't tell. Mm -hmm. And yes, there was a rooster. In fact, there were two roosters, Big Red and Sylvester. <laughs> and did you while, keep them both? Oh no. I kept them both for a minute, but then after a while I couldn't because I didn't have enough room to have two roosters. So I had to get rid of one. And if that was easy to do because Sylvester was a little mean. He was really mean. <laughs> and the day he jumped on my back, I thought, okay, you're the one that I'll have to send somewhere else. <laughs> you can run around like you need to. Usually, we, yeah, temperament is the is the deciding factor there. Well, if you can't be nice, you're gonna have to leave. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, okay. And and you know, I didn't want to, but I knew I had to. Because the day I had to take the water hose to them to break up a fight, I, I didn't know what the noise was in the coop. I kept hearing this noise and I'm like, what is in there? They were inside one of the little houses I had built going at it. I'm, and it scared me. And I took the water hose to him and that's how I separated them. And he jumped on my back and I was like, okay, you're the one that's going to have to leave. So... I found him a nice you, Oh, you found him a place to go. Yeah, I found him a nice he home. Did, he didn't, quote unquote, run away. He really went somewhere. Yeah, he really went somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to ask where you were living at the time you started this chicken adventure. I was living on the corner of 43rd and Herman. I had a corner lot. But it, 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 it didn't stop there because I had the nerve to go get three guineas. <laughs> that's when the party started <laughs> how did your neighbors feel about all this well Mr. Bill it was a couple that lived right behind me they enjoyed it the girl next door she did for a little while but then she said the guineas were tearing up her yard which they were not I mean I even had to write a story they inspired me to write stories because I had to write a story about the day I had to go to court. I had to go to court because of those chickens. The neighbor next door took me to court because she claimed my chickens had tore up her yard, which they did not. And it was Aaron is so funny because when the judge asked me, so you're here because your chickens tore up your neighbor's yard. And I said, yes, but my chickens didn't do that. And everybody that was sitting out just bust out laughing. They had to call order in the court because everybody was laughing because I'm in court because of some chickens, okay? So he sent me out to another room with another lawyer or whatever. And the late I, girl, I had pictures and everything in order. And she looked at stuff. She said, the chickens didn't do this. She said, I have chickens. Chickens don't do what this right here. So that was a saving grace right there. But I'll what never is, forget that. <laughs> what is the neighbor, like, what kind of damage had been done that she said it was attributed to chickens? Her roof was coming apart on uh, her garage or something. And because <laughs> the guineas hung out in the trees, okay? In my, I had a tree in my big yard. 
But you know how when the branches go over in the other yard, that person is responsible for that. Mm -hmm. And what actually had happened was she should have cut those branches back off of her roof. And it was creating some type of a hole of something in that roof. And those chickens didn't, those guineas didn't do that. That was something from a long time. But anyway, but the noise that the guineas made, they were good, but they didn't like strangers at all. You know, I always knew when somebody was coming. I knew when my brother was coming because they didn't like his truck. Even to the point that one day the policeman came because they thought they heard a woman hollering. And when they got there, they looked at them. They was like, you know, people don't know what chickens are. It's really, it really, it really hit me going. Y'all don't know what these are. They, <laughs> they didn't know what guineas were and they were afraid of them. But the other mm. would welcome them. You know, they were like, I didn't hear the rooster this morning. But yeah. that, that was only because they had gotten used to them. You know, when you get used to something, you don't hear it anymore. And uh, yeah, I have so. really wonderful neighbors. I was worried at first about the noise because we did end up getting a rooster in our run. His name is Gamble. <laughs> I know. Um, but because you never know with a rooster, as we've seen. Um, but my neighbors on either side actually have beagles, which oh. are like always like you know bailey not so much but the dog on the other side is always the count like just being a beagle at something and i'm like you know i feel like we're just gonna be the three loud houses and I'm like at least i'll be <laughs> yeah together but honestly my chickens don't make a, a ton of noise yet now gamble hasn't started crowing so we'll see we'll see how that develops <laughs> and then i was able to educate my neighbors because everybody thought the rooster only crowed in the morning, you know, and they go, Siobhan, what's wrong with that rooster? He's crowing in the evenings. I mean, he's crowing. I said, he's not. They're supposed to crow in the morning. I said, that's a myth. I said, they <laughs> don't just crow in the morning. They crow just like lions. Everybody has their king or they have whoever runs that village. Mm -hmm. I said, and the rooster, this is his domain. This is his flock. He's letting you know, this is mine, and I'm the king of this roost. So, you know, that's what that meant. It's not so much that he's crowing to let you know it's time to get up. No. <laughs> he do it early in the morning, but he do it in the evening. He does it whenever he feels like it. And believe it or not, if you don't have a rooster, a hen sometimes will take on that responsibility. <laughs> and they're like, what was real? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> What was the name of the rooster that you kept? Big Red. Big Red. That's right. Yeah. And the and the girls' names. Uh, I had um, Miss Dot, Miss Wimsett. I had a uh, Martha. There was a um, what was that other little hen's name? It's been a minute. Um, Samantha. And then there was White Chick <laughs> and Velvet. Velvet was the last chick that came to the coop. And she inspired me to write Velvet Chicken Run, which I did have published. <laughs> Are there still copies of that book available? Uh, yeah, they're still available, yes. 
Mm-hmm. Velvet chicken run is uh, that's a true story. And when I, <laughs> I would, remember that. And kids would come when in, in the winter time when school was going on, the buses would come by because I would be outside. And the buses would stop and the kids would get in the window and look at my yard. They, I mean, they <laughs> loved it. And I had a couple of um, daycares that would come by and uh, I would share eggs with them in the summer. summer. And I would and give I would- um, greens and uh, lettuce and things from my garden and let their teacher go back and make salad because a, a lot of times our kids... They think eggs come from the grocery store. They don't really understand the the way eggs really come about. You know, I would deviled eggs and some of the kids in the neighborhood would come over and we'd have deviled eggs. And I mean, I would do different things with the eggs so the kids could appreciate them. I'd let them go in the hen house and get the eggs out, you know. So it, it was a learning experience for the kids in the neighborhood. Did you ever have any issues with predators? Woo! There was Wally Raccoon. That's what I called him. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, he would come walking. Oh, Aaron, I, 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 well, it's not a mistake, but in a way it is. I had the nerve to dig a pond in my backyard. And it seemed like everything that was wildlife between Shawnee Park and that neighborhood came to my pond to drink. So I was asking for trouble. I didn't know yeah. it, but it was pretty because I had put koi fish in it. Oh, it was beautiful. And that raccoon would come and drink. And in the evenings, every evening about the same time here he'd come. But one day I realized that raccoon wants my chickens. And you know how they have those little arms and those little things look like pictures. And he grabbed yeah. hold of one of my chickens and, you know, ripped the neck off. But I eventually I fixed that for him and <laughs> then one day we didn't see him no more so I don't know what happened to Wally Raccoon but the, they were and now the mice I didn't worry about the mice so much because the chickens would stump them that stump them out they mm-hmm. yeah they mice wasn't an issue I didn't care as long as they didn't come in the house they could drink in the pond they could eat on the pond in fact I would throw bread out for the birds and whatever I could so yeah isn't it funny how people think that chickens are these sort of like stately benign creatures when really like they will attack things (laughs) they will attack people yeah they will they will fight you I've got videos of my chick my duck oh oops I did go get two ducks too Oh my, God. my ducks chasing the dogs and the ducks couldn't climb the steps so the dogs would run and climb up on the back porch because the ducks couldn't get them how did your chicken adventures end because you don't have any right now right no i don't have any right now well the, it ended because of uh health reasons with me and not being able to care for them the way i had been accustomed to caring for them it got to be quite much for me because, and I did not want to slack them in no shape, form, or fashion. So I had to move out of my house. It was too much house for me. I had to move to an apartment. And can you imagine me taking ducks, chickens, guineas, and fish to an apartment? 
<laughs> that was not gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> and dogs, no, that was not going to happen. So I um had a girlfriend that had a brother that had a farm in Chevyville, and he agreed to take them. And so with taking them, I told him to take everything, the pen, the coops, the everything. And he brought his truck and trailer and he took everybody. And oh my God, that was so bittersweet for me, you know, but I had to do what I had to do. And I kept in touch with them for a long time and they, they did well. Good. Well, yeah. So, but Aaron, where I live at now, (laughs) I I prayed for a corner lot. And my kids said, mama, no chicken. You cannot have not one. And I said, okay. But I <laughs> do feed the birds. And I have hummingbirds and I have finches because I live on a corner lot and behind me is a little wooded area. So mm-hmm. it's all kind of good stuff over there. There's a couple <laughs> of fat groundhogs. And I, I do, I feed them. Um, and they look for me. And the thing is, they are they used to certain time, you know, I go a certain time, they there waiting. The squirrels, I feed them. So I'm still doing what I like to do. And I love animals. It's one of those things about living in an urban ecosystem that people are like, oh, there's nothing here. There are no animals to interact with. And I'm like, well, there are. <laughs> if you feed them, they there. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like any, just like anything. If I have teenagers and I feed them, they're gonna show up, you know. Yes, sir. And some, and they won't go nowhere, you know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I used well, to have my okay. grandmother say, "Don't start feeding that cat. If you start feeding that cat, that cat'll never leave." Would you encourage um, urban residents to try to have chickens if they can? Only if they're willing to do. I have a problem with people that get things and don't study habits or study season mm-hmm. chickens dogs birds whatever do what it is they do now and then that's a pet pee of mine I think if you're gonna have something you need to know what you're dealing with before you do that and if they're willing yeah. to do that I think they should you know because we're responsible for these animals and if I don't take my dog out what's he gonna do when it's time to release himself He's going to use the floor. And then you want to get upset about that? You can't do that if you didn't let him out. So it's so important that when you're going to take on any type of pet animal, be prepared for that that animal's habits and the way that animal lives or whatever, you know, because they can't do for themselves. Once we take them on, we have to take care of them. So, yeah, and if somebody's willing to get up, make sure the coop is clean, you know, because they have those coops have to be clean. They, they're not running on acres and acres of land. So somebody's got to clean it up. And by yeah. the way, that's the best fertilizer in the world. Yes, it is. <laughs> Woo, honey. <laughs> that's that's where I'm headed after this, actually, is to clean out my coop and move all of that into a garden bed and. Right. Put new stuff in, yep. Mm, it's the best. Oh, now, that's an idea. Might need to bag me up a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
but it's it's been real it's good it's all good fun i enjoy it it's good life it's the good life it is the good life i love the dream granny and now you know the dream granny and you can also just adore her When it came to picking out birds for our house, I wanted my kids to be involved, and so I handed the responsibility for choosing which types of chickens we would get completely over to my daughter, giving her the the parameters that she not get the chicks from the catalog that were like $35 a bird. I gave her a budget, but I wanted her to consider what the birds needed to survive, how they were going to overwinter, and she totally did. She did a great job. And I wanted to talk to her a little bit about that process, how she went about making those decisions, and how the birds have impacted her so far. Um, my name's Penny. I'm 11 years old. And the way I picked what type of chicken we should get for our family, we have two types. We have a speckled Sussex, and we have the white leghorn kind, like the kind you usually see um, on farms. So why I picked them is they're both really good egg producers. They lay up to 200 eggs a year, Um, and also they're very resistant to the cold and um, the heat, and they start laying pretty early, um, even though the Sussex, um, are the slowest type of chicken to, like, develop, um, like, features, they still start laying pretty early, even this morning I went in there, and they were starting to prepare the lay boxes for um, laying eggs. So yeah, that's why I picked the speckled Sussex and the white leghorns. What have you liked the most about having chickens? I can go out there and I can read with them or um, listen to music and just sit in a chair and watch them run around. Thank you, Penny, and to everyone who is a part of this episode. The music, as always, is by Jamie Barnes. We'll talk to you soon.